everybody and welcome to the afternoon tune here. Uh, I'm just Josh for right now um, and I'm just waiting for Nick to come in. Um, you know, so I'm just waiting for him to come in. He's got a interview he's got to do right now. He's on a podcast. Um, so in the meantime, um, I'm just going to be playing Choices. Um, so this is something uh, that I've been seeing uh, some other streamers play, uh, specifically uh uh, the Stream Queens, uh, so Mercedes, uh, Sarah, and Vivian. Um, so I just wanted to give it a chance myself, um, you know, kind of, you know, fool around with it, see what's kind of good with it, and everything like that. So I'm um, going to be kind of doing kind of my thing on that. So, um, yeah, uh, so I'm just going to be playing it and uh, give kind of my thoughts on it. Um and pretty that's pretty much it for right now. Just waiting for probably like thirty minutes until Nick comes in, um, until he hops in. We're gonna be reviewing. Uh, we're gonna review, of course, Resident Evil, uh, Masters of the Universe Part Two, and Spencer. So we're gonna be doing that. But um, so just in the meantime, uh, just gonna be doing some choices there. Um, all right, so we're gonna just hit this. Um, I don't know how to really make it. Well, I guess that's making it kind of a little bit bigger. Um, all right. Oh, click that off. Oh, my bad. Uh, hold on just a second. Let me straighten this up for a quick. There we go. Uh, now, I was recommended to play Steamy. Um, that's what I was recommended to pick, so that's what I'm going to go with. Um, hmm. Okay. So, let's see here. I think there was a way they said you could make it full screen. I just forgot how to do it. Okay. Welcome to Nanny Affair. Okay. That's a pretty, that's an old classic one. Okay. Nanny Affair. Okay. Uh, now I'm going to try to see if I can pick a guy in this. I don't know if I can. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I can. So I can't pick a guy in this. Alright, I'll go with her. Um, okay, now let's pick a hairstyle. Okay. Uh, no, I don't like that too much. Um, no, not really. Um, hmm. that's, I think that's a nice look, I think. Short curls is fine. I don't really like that. No. No. Black Bob? I'll, I'll go with that one. That seems fine. Oh, don't crash on me. Yeah, I think that's good. Black Bob look. Uh, let me do. 
kind of some sexy music. Your nerve endings tingle with pleasure as you writhe on the bed, hips and gently buckling. Hips gently buckling. Yes, yes. Okay. A gorgeous face rises from pleasure. Uh, rises from between your legs, lips kinked to the side, a knowing smile. This is a single love interest book. So be sure to choose someone who makes your pulse race. Who's in your bed? Um, let's go, let's go woman. Let's go now. Um, who am I in bed with? Um, let's go her. That's fine. Let's check this out. Let's go her. Uh, let's see. Your eyes trail with admiration from her full pouty lips to her luscious curves and flawless skin. Grasp at the satin sheets beneath you, a desperate attempt to anchor yourself as another wave of ecstasy breaks. A hand entwined uh, twines with yours, holding you steady. Okay. Pretty exciting. Okay. Don't. Stop. I wonder if I should do an accent for this. I'm not very good at accents. I'm not very good at voices. Uh, she kisses her way up to your chest, settling the length of her body against yours. I must admit, this interview isn't going quite how I expected. Oh, what the hell? Oh, shit. What the fuck just happened? What the fuck? Must have clicked the wrong thing. What the hell just happened? What the hell just happened? What the heck? Oh shit, just shit just crashed on me. What the fuck? Hold on a second. Oh great, it didn't kick me out. Alright, awesome. Um, okay, picked up. Uh, must admit, this interview isn't going quite how expected. Her feather-light finger drags across your breast as her face hovers over yours. Uh, are you ready to work hard for me, Josh? Um, right? Um, let's see, got my first choice and choices. Okay, so I have yes, and I have actually I'm in charge in the bedroom. Hmm. This is, oh, this is a big one. I feel like this is a pivotal one right off the gate. Um, is there any way I could turn this down? I think it's, I feel like it's kind of loud a little bit. Um, I feel like it's kind of loud. Uh, maybe I'll go for no sound right now. Maybe I'll do that for right now. Um, share screen? What's that do? Mm, looks like nothing. Okay, I'll just do that for right now because it seems like it's kind of loud. Um, it seems like it's kind of loud there. What the hell?
Oh, why is it kicking me out like that? That's weird. I also keep doing that, I wonder. Huh. Uh, hold on just a second. Keeps kicking me out for some reason. Okay. Uh, let's go this one. Actually, I'm in charge in the bedroom. Let's go with that one. She said, are you? Uh, well, I mean, I just fucking said it. Yeah, I think so. Grinning wickedly, you reach down and slip your hand into her panties, finding her dripping wet already. Uh, okay. You stroke. <clears throat> okay, kind of up there a little bit. Uh, you stroke her a few times, just enough to make her moan and leave her wanting more. Do you disagree? Okay. Oh, um... Yeah, hey, what's going on, Dante? Uh, I'm just doing uh, choices. Uh, somebody recommended this to me. Um, I'm just waiting for Nick to come in, uh, my co-host here. And we're going to do uh, Resident Evil. Uh, we're going to do Masters of the Universe Part 2. And we're going to do Spencer. Um, so that's what we're going to do. Um, I'm just kind of doing something in between a little bit. You know, kind of messing around um, in between there uh, before I get started there. Uh, so how's it going with you, by the way? Oh, you saw Resident Evil today, too. How'd you like it? Uh, oh, I wouldn't dare just tell me what to do. Uh, actually, this is the first stream I've ever done, uh, by myself, actually. Um, this is kind of one of the first streams I've ever done, but I've always had, like, somebody with me. It's kind of one of the first streams I've ever just done by myself. Um, I'd rather show you, um, yeah, uh, because we're going to talk about it on the show, Resident Evil, and I was, um, yeah, I, yeah, well, I'll save it for the show, I'll let you know what I think of the show, but what did you think about the movie? Your lips come together in a passionate kiss as your legs tangle in the sheets. Okay, let's see. Okay, nice. Um, I didn't hate it, but I did cringe every once in a while. I couldn't help it. Otherwise, I didn't hate it. Mm, okay, so what rating would you give it? If you had to give it 1 through a 10, what rating would you give it? You feel like you're on fire as the hands trail down your hips, the, as your hips, your thighs. Suddenly, she sits up and pulls you until you're straddling her lap. Her lips showering your chest with open mouth kisses. Um, yeah. So yeah, what rating would you give it from a 1 to a 10? What rating would you give it there? Oh. Her hands trace an electronic path up your spine. Then reach from the clasp of your bra. Uh, electric path up your spine. Then reach from the clasp of your bra. I don't think you need this anymore. Hmm, interesting. Mm. Um, hmm.
You gasp as your bra falls away and her lips graze the bare skin of your breast, her tongue flicking out to tease the peak. Uh, I wouldn't, I would give it a seven. All the references were nice and it was a fun movie to watch. Huh? Okay. So are you a big Resident Evil guy? Like, have you played all the games and, and played them, beat them, know all the lore of Resident Evil? Um, you can't catch your breath as the sensations overwhelm you. All you can think and over, all you can think over and over and over again is I need you. Uh, hold on just a second. Uh, all right, hold on. Uh, let me see. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, all right. Um, yeah, and just as you, just as the wave is about to break, uh, uh, nine fifteen. So it's on alarm clock. Oh, you're having a wet dream. Oh, okay, you balled up in bed, gasping for breath. Oh, okay, it was a wet dream. Uh, I don't know all the lore, but I know enough and played enough to spot the references put in the movie. Okay. How many games have you played? Damn, that felt real. You know, actually, I don't really like this Bob. I wonder if I can change it. The Bob is kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of giving me Candace Owens. I don't know. Um, kind of black conservative here. Uh, the details of the dream are fading, but the, but the physical effects still linger. Your nerves are quivering. Your skin is sweaty. Your heart is pounding. Either I really need to get some, or I'm more nervous for this job interview than I thought. Oh, so she's got a job interview coming. The crap. The interview I have to get ready. Okay, so I forget to pick my outfit here. Uh, oh, here we go. Yeah, let's have to continue here. Come on. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, because with the Resident Evil games, I've only played um, uh, the second one. I've played the fourth one. Um, I've played Resident Evil 3. And I've, I've, I think I've played a little bit of 7 and 8, like Village. Um, let's see. I've played 4 and 5, Remake 2 and 3, and currently working on RE7 once I get the courage to actually play it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, those are good ones. Four, um, I didn't, I don't think I've ever done five. Uh, the remake of two is when I've played. The remake of three I didn't play because I heard that wasn't as good. Um, and RE7, yeah, I played a little bit of that. Um, you quickly grab your laptop, still open the biography. Sam Dalton, the CMO of Dalton Enterprises, one of the top biotech companies in the world. <clears throat> okay. Or... Headshot on the page catches your eye. Sam Dalton, your future boss, hopefully. Oh, okay, so that's the person I picked. Oh, good, I can't believe I just had sex about her in my dream. Okay. You try to sh shove the illicit thoughts out of your mind as you click to the job posting on another tab and another tab. Ch -ch 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 -ch. 
Oh no, that's not what I meant to pull up. Crap. Here we go. Uh, Living nanny, full time position, wanting twin seven year old boys. Benefits include negotiable salary. Okay. Focus. You only got one shot at first impression on Sam Dalton. You need to get this job. Uh, what would you say is your uh, favorite Resident Oh, okay. Yeah, Resident Evil 4 is one of my favorite games of all time. Shame how they portrayed Leon during the movie, though. Yeah, we're going to talk about it later on. Um, I did not like the way they did Leon in this. Um, oh, hey, thank you, uh, Vivian, by the way. Thank you for the 100 bits. Uh, thank you very much. Vivian is one of the uh, mean queens. Um if you want to drop her a follow, if you can, she does streams uh, three times a week, I believe, her and um, Mercedes and Sarah. So it's Sorry Not uh, uh, Sarah, and it's This Is Vivian, um, and it's also Baby Girl Sadies. So you just type that in, uh, all one word, uh, with all their stuff, and you'll find them, and then you'll stream them. Um, they'll be able to follow them there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Vivian said, Mean Queens with the stone face. Um, yeah, I mean, their brand officially is like the Stream Queens, but um, I title them like the Mean Queens because, I mean, clearly, I mean, they they constantly uh, bully me when I'm in, uh, you know, the chat trying to support them. Um, so uh, I've kind of dubbed them kind of like the Mean Queens, um, you know, similarly to kind of like the Mean Girls with Tina Fey. Um, that film there but uh, yeah I mean pretty much I think that's fairly accurate I mean to say so um, that's what I did um, to, to kind of dub them that but um, yeah so you know I'm just kind of playing choices and trying to see kind of what happens there um, but yeah to uh, Dante to your point there um, yeah we're going to talk about that uh, when Nick comes on he's just doing another podcast right now um, he was the guest on something there so um, yeah um, all right, let me continue here. You got to wear something professional, something classy, something low-key hot. Uh, hey, Vivian, maybe you can help me pick out a, like, outfit potentially, maybe. Uh, why is there real in-game money here that I have to spend? Um, so we're going to go with something that's, that's free. Oh, it's only two looks. Oh, okay, I thought it was going to be. Um, huh, that's weird. Okay, well, I guess I'm going to go with the free one. I thought I had maybe more options. I'm going to go with the free one. Diamonds? How do I get diamonds? Do I, I get diamonds by playing the game, or do I have to pay for diamonds? Is it like a microtransaction? Uh, hopefully, my down-to-earth style will convince her that I'll be more focused on her kids than my looks. Um, well, that's a bad outfit for any of you. Um. Um, okay. Uh, well, yeah, come back when you can, Vivian, if you can, whenever. Um, probably when you come back, I don't know, we probably will be switching to do something else, but, yeah. Um, I just kind of did this as an in-between while Nick is kind of busy. You can collect them as rewards after finishing a chapter and watching ads? Oh, okay. Uh, chapter one, The Boss. Uh, later that later that morning, you enter a immaculate lobby of Dalton Enterprises and approach the front desk. Uh, hi, I'm here for the nanny position for Miss Dalton. Uh, have you ever um, have you ever played this before, um, Vivian? At all? Um, 
the nanny affair. Um, I tried to pick one. I, I didn't know. I don't think they gave me a choice of which story I had to pick. I think they just gave me the nanny affair. Uh, ah, yes, her. Her 10 o'clock is running late, but she said to send you in. Follow me. You're calm, cool, and collected as the receptionist leads you through the halls of Dalton Enterprises. But as soon as you step inside Miss Dalton, uh, Dalton's office, oh, is it? Hey, Nick. Hello there. Oh, hey, what's going on, Nick? Hey, how are you? I'm doing good, man. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I was just playing some, uh, some, some choices there. Hey, it actually looks pretty cool. Keep going. <laughs> Uh, well, it's, I mean, it's, it's the nanny affair. It's kind of like, I picked the, the, uh, the steamy edition. That's what I picked there. Ooh, the steamy edition. Yeah. That sounds fun. <laughs> uh, yeah. How was, uh, how was your podcast? Dude, dude. Oh, it was good. It was very funny. Very, very good stuff. We, uh, I did a retro review of, uh, Twilight Eclipse and, uh, and Breaking Dawn Part 1 with, uh, Hunter from The Real Pineapple. Uh, it was a lot of fun, but not as much fun as this steamy affair that you're getting into on uh, on choices. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I'm clicking it out. We're going to you know, get into the reviews and stuff like that. Um, actually, let, um, let me uh, redo the whole intro here real quick. And uh, yeah, we'll, hmm. yeah, even though we're already streaming, I'll just redo the whole kind of thing there real quick. So uh, no, it's all good. If, if you already did the intro, then then it's cool. OK. All right. Fine. Oh, yeah, that's probably fine. Um, yeah, so yeah, you said the podcast was good, you did a review. Why'd you do Twilight? Is there some significance of why you did Twilight? Uh, not really. I, I think it was, um, it, it was a mix of a lot of things, because, uh, especially now, with, uh, the release of Spencer coming out, with, uh, Kristen Stewart going for her Oscar campaign, we gotta keep these Hollywood stars humble. We got to help them remember where they came from. Mm, okay. Yeah, and that's the movie that we're gonna talk about as well, Spencer. Uh, did you see Spencer? Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. I, I watched it last night with uh, with uh, my partner, and uh, I have thoughts. Mm, okay, good. Thoughts are good. Thoughts are always good. Always <laughs> welcome here. Um, we had Dante show up. Um, he was a first-time viewer here, so that was pretty awesome. He talked about he saw Resident Evil, uh, Welcome to Raccoon City, which is a movie that we're going to be mm. reviewing. Uh, we're also going to be reviewing Masters of the Universe Part 2. So the second part came out, the Kevin Smith's uh, animated He-Man show that is on Netflix. Um, we're also going to be discussing, um, like I said, Spencer, the Kristen Stewart movie where she plays Princess Diana. Uh, we're going to be talking about that. Um, Dante must die. Said never watched the Twilight movies, but from how much my sister has talked about them, I feel as though I don't have to. Yeah, I mean, if you grew up in the um, late twenty, if, if you 20s, grew up, yeah, if you grew up in the late two thousand tens, then um, <clears throat> they are some of those movies that, uh, if you were lucky enough to avoid them, you probably had a better childhood than I did. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of, yeah, all the rage, yeah, back when I was growing up in high school, the Twilight movies, a lot of girls, you know, were into those movies. You know, before, you know, um, I used to really be against them hard, like, oh, man, those movies suck, and I didn't even watch, I didn't even see them. I just was against them because it's like, yeah, those aren't good vampire movies, whatever, but now... It's like who gives a fuck? I mean, who cares who likes them? And, you know, it's like that. Was... Yeah, it, it's like who cares who likes them? Now it's fun to pick apart to pick them apart because of how like fucking horrific the implications of all of these movies are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
Um, yeah, and uh, what is Stephanie Meyer doing now these days? <laughs> Not a goddamn thing. Well, I guess she don't have to. I mean, she's probably a billionaire because of those books now, or at least a, a humongous multimillionaire now. So, um, you know, I mean, her yeah, and and yeah, and so far she hasn't gone off the deep end like J.K. Rowling has. Yeah, that's what I was just about to mention. I mean, at least she's not having a post, you know, career like J.K. Rowling, where her whole thing is just hating one group of people you know what i mean like she's not you know what i mean so she's better than that um actually i know this is like a probably a real sad thing a real sad segue but did you hear about that author of that book um the lovely bones did you hear about that oh yeah i think i heard something about it it's like a uh one of her uh uh case that actually happened to her where she was assaulted um it was like an issue of a unreliable testimony on her part that it got thrown out yeah yeah the guy that you know got arrested for her rape he was in prison for 39 years and then um like i think it was like a private investigator or uh, yeah something like that or a reporter that was like interviewing Hmm. her and he was listening to her story and he said like yeah some of the stuff didn't seem like it matched up all that well i don't know all the all the all the details and all that stuff like that um but i think it but the a guy got exonerated he was in prison for 39 years mm. um and he got exonerated for for raping uh the, the author of uh the lovely bones and yeah um yeah he finally got out because of a private investigation that was conducted um and i don't think she said anything about it um uh yeah i don't think she's released mm. a statement or anything like that but yeah and you know that was the whole basis for like one of her books and you know like you know she kind of got big off of off of that uh, so yeah, that was that was crazy. I'm sorry to bring the show down, but that was that was crazy. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. It, it's rough. Um, yeah, um, and we did a show yesterday. Uh, me and Dusk, we did the Cowboy Bebop, Bebop live action show. I finished it, watched the episodes. Um, and I don't know if you listened to that show, or you saw anything from it, but um, uh, I I didn't get a chance to listen to it yesterday. Uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. My thoughts quick. Um, the show looks good. I like John Cho. I like the three main cast. The biggest weakness is it just feels like it's stretched out too long and too thin. And the worst actors in it are Alex Hassel and uh, Alana Satine as a uh, Vicious and uh, Julia. They every time it cusses them, it just drags every episode down. Mm. Yeah, I kind of felt a little similar. Um, you know, I think. As the episodes kind of go on, at first it was kind of rough going, but I think as the episodes mm-hmm. kind of continue, I'm like, oh, um, it, it, it does get slightly better. I think they do some kind of cool stuff um, mm-hmm. in regards to like showing more of the past of Vicious and Julia, something that, you know, and then Vicious trying to take over the syndicate, something that they didn't really do much of in the anime. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think the way they executed is is kind of poor. Um, yeah, which I I don't think is on Alex Hassel as an actor. I think he's given the weakest performance, but I don't think it's entirely his fault. I, I think uh, uh, what little I've seen of the anime, Vicious is kind of like this background, constantly looming threat. And what works about him is you don't see him that much in the anime. Mm, yeah, um, and so you know this one it gives kind of more of that. And then also the way he kind of looks, it's, it's kind of reminded me a lot of Jason, Jason Isaac. It looks like he looks like Jason, Draco Malfoy's dad, which was also kind of uh, throwing me off. I was like, wow. This is- even, even in his dialogue and inflection, it looks a lot like that character. Yeah. You know, I think he was playing it way kind of over the top. 
um, at, at some points. Uh, so that that kind of really kind of threw me off. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, that's kind of how I felt. That we also did Hawkeye. Um, what you kind of what are your kind of thoughts about Hawkeye? Uh, love the first two episodes. The chemistry with uh, Haley Steinfeld and Jer- Haley Steinfeld and Jeremy Renner. It's wonderful. Uh, it, it does a great job of uh, of grounding the MCU even more than uh, th- than something like this. Is probably I think in tone, this is probably the closest thing Marvel's done to the Netflix shows, given how uh, small scale it is. Also, um, just give me Rogers the musical on my Spotify right now. Mm, yeah. Because it's so delightfully cheesy. Mm. You you like the musical, huh? You thought it was pretty good. Thought it pretty good songs. I know you're the musical guy. It, so. it it was not good, but it was just funny. Mm. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I thought. I mean, I thought the funny part. Well, this maybe it's not funny, but Hawkeye was getting PTSD from watching that play. <laughs> he was getting he was getting PTSD hard. He was he was freaking out. He was like, oh shit. No, and he no, he was like, yeah, yeah, I know this. I was there. You know who wasn't there? Fucking Ant Man. Yeah, you know some revisionist history there. You have an Ant Man there and everything. Uh, Dante said, currently watching Bebop myself. Thought the worst part. With some of the dialogue, yeah, the dialogue is is rough. Yeah, in that, parts. Yeah, the dialogue. It's like you haven't felt power until you've eaten the testicles of the man who wronged you. It was like, wait, what? Mm. Yeah, I. Yeah. Somebody got. Somebody got paid to write that. Yeah. Um. And then some of the quippy. They're trying to do like a lot of the quippy dialogue that doesn't work at all. Like trying to have the back and mm. forth that doesn't work at all. It's like maybe you needed. I don't know. Maybe Joss Whedon should have came in, did some writing. I mean, he did. He did good with Firefly. So, uh, but I don't know. Maybe he should have. He should have came in there. Oh, and then Dante. I was going to bring that up. He brought up the one example, the blackmail line. That line was terrible too. That was that that line. I was just like, wait, what? Yeah, the whole thing. Like, um, you know what I mean? Of course, they're blackmailing you. You're black and a male. It's like, what the fuck is what? Like, what the uh, fuck um, is that? What the hell is that? Huh? Even? What are you talking about? It's like, huh? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I gave my thoughts on it. Uh, we're gonna, I'm gonna upload the show uh, from yesterday where me and Dusk give a review of that. Cowboy Bebop live action soon. Probably this upcoming week, Tuesday, Monday, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, we also did House of Gucci yesterday. Um, me and Dusk reviewed that. I know Nick didn't get a chance to see it. Yeah, I... Yeah, I haven't seen it. Uh, Japan's release schedule, it's weird, so probably won't get to see it in for at least a couple weeks. But uh, when it drops on VOD, then I'll uh, give my review on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, so today, uh, we're going to get into, you want to do Resident Evil first, or you want to do Spencer first? Uh, I, I didn't get a chance to see Resident Evil, so uh, go ahead. Um, okay. Um, we'll do, we'll do, do a movie that we saw together, um, that we saw. Okay. Uh, uh, so, so we'll do Spencer real quick. Okay. Uh, yeah, Spencer, it's the uh, newest film directed by, uh, uh, Pablo Lorraine. He is, uh, one of his previous movies was, uh, that film Jackie, which starred Natalie Portman. And it was basically a little bit of day in the life of Jackie Kennedy post the assassination of JFK. And I feel like he's kind of found this niche of uh, focusing on these um, these historical figures that we kind of uh, have our own perception of them as a culture, but really it's about how that perception of them is a prison. 
And that's something that I think this movie does really well in terms of its cinematography, because I think the tone this movie is going for is something closer to something like The Shining than it is uh, like a standard uh, English posh biopic. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you have here, you have Christian Stewart, who's Princess Diana. Um, physically, I don't mm-hmm. think she I don't think she looks much like Princess Diana. Um, mm. you know, all that much. I think someone who who did because I think another actress is gonna play her, um, Elizabeth Debicki. Um, mm. she looks a lot like they did. They did a shot Ooh. with her where she was dressed up as Princess Diana. I think she has like an upcoming thing where she's playing her or it has played her already. Um, and Elizabeth Debicki, who people know, she was in um, Tenet. Um, she was Kenneth Branagh's wife in that, if I remember correctly. Um. And she looks a lot like her. Like, it was, like, spot on, dead on. Because Princess Diana, she mm. kind of had, like, a big head. And then Elizabeth Debicki kind of <laughs> has, like, a kind of similar kind of big head. So it's kind of, like, it matched kind of very, very well. Um, and I- I'm just I'm just wondering how they're going to make uh, uh, Princess Diana look short in that film. Because uh, Elizabeth Debicki, it, it, she is... She is a very tall woman. Yeah, she's... and that was something that was apparent in uh, in uh, in Tenet, where she was like a foot taller than both Robert Pattinson and John David Washington. Yeah, because she's six three. Um, you know what I mean. Um, and then plus, if you put her in heels, that adds what a couple few inches. So that's like six six. <laughs> so yeah, she should be you know on 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 a WNBA team. Should be catching some rebounds. Uh, you know what I mean, but yeah, I mean, but she's stunning and gorgeous, and you know what I mean, and I think she looks dead on like Princess. I'm eager to see what she does with Princess uh, mm-hmm. Diana. Yeah, and uh, Elizabeth Debicki, she's playing it on uh, that Netflix series, The Crown. Oh, she's gonna be on The Crown. Yeah, I hear that show is good. Mm-hmm. I never actually checked it out myself. I hear that show is kind of good. Um, but you know, so here, like you said, um, in this film, it is coming from the perspective of like you know her being trapped in this prison of you know fame um and Uh, not not just this prison of fame i think this prison of uh the pressure and expectations that come with being a member of the royal family that i feel like um just the past year we've gotten a little more insight of to how how much that kind of sucks especially in that interview with uh megan markle and prince harry yeah, um, and I'm from the, you know, I know a lot of people kind of have that perspective of, like, famous people, rich people. It's like, well, you're rich and famous. You know, who cares? People take photos of you. That comes with a job, whatever. Who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. But, you know, after a while, it, 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 you know, it can wear on you mentally, physically. I mean, we saw what happened mm-hmm. with Britney Spears, you know what I mean? And, and you know, things like that would happen with her. Yes, um, and, we're see- and we're seeing more of that here. We're seeing uh, kind of the state of a diet, well... Even this film, they outright say this is kind of a uh, fictionalized version of those events, but it's kind of seeing the the state of Diana's mental decline and uh, her mental health issues uh, towards the end of her marriage to Prince Charles. Yeah, very much so. Because in the film, you know, you know, she sees people that aren't there. Um, you know. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's, it's a parallel. She gets a, a copy of a book about uh, Anne Boleyn. And if you remember that story, Anne Boleyn was uh, married to uh, one of, one of the former kings of England, but a divorce wasn't a thing back then. So he just had so the king just had her executed so he could marry somebody else. <laughs> and and that's kind of a through line that's happening um, in Diana's mental state uh, because everybody in the royal family is really hostile and shitty towards her. So she thinks that. 
somebody planted that book there as a warning. Mm, yeah, um, because you don't really spend that much time with the royal family. It's re- it's very very much centered on Kristen Stewart. Um, the mm. stuff you see of the royal family very cold, very distant uh, from her. Um, you know what I mean? And and Kristen Stewart throughout the whole movie is on the verge of crying or cries through most of it. Um, she you know always looks like you know she's about to jump out of her own skin. Um, or her skin mm-hmm. is just crawling. Um, just she's so uncomfortable. Like a lot of times, always kind of just you know kind of writhing and and, and gestating and everything like that. You know, with her mm-hmm. body throughout the entire film. So you just get yes, sense. and that and that's that's aided by the cinematography by uh, this uh, director of photography. I'm trying to remember his name, uh, but it, it it's oh the director of photography is by a uh, Claire Mathen. Uh, it, it's um, she does this thing where the, the long establishing shots they're shot on like completely tripod. It's like stationary. It looks like a it looks kind of like a photograph from the 1990s. It has this like very grainy quality, and except when it goes into uh, Kristen Stewart, the camera gets really shaky. It shifts into handheld, yeah. which I think does a great job of uh, showing off how like unsteady her mental state is. Mm, yeah very much so and i think kristen stewart you know with the with the direction with her performance does a very good job and i could see Mm. how she would get nominated uh you know for her performance here a lot of people you know are touting her for being best actress um her and lady gaga are two of the front runners to be in the category Mm. for best actress lady gaga for her role in house of gucci and kristen stewart for this role here in spencer which i i think i think uh stewart i get but from what i've seen you know house of gucci um, you know, with House of Gucci, you know, just to quickly go into that, um, I think she is the best thing in it. Lady Gaga is the best thing mm. in it. And, and she's, it's like a performance in a movie that is, you know, low tier, but she is kind of the, the best thing in it, um, I mm. think. And, and she delivers some good scenes in there. Um, but, uh, with here, you know, yeah, Kristen Stewart does a very good job. I feel like, you know, everything else around the movie itself, like, you know, kind of the other people, you know, you don't really, again... You know, I think that's on purpose for the other characters to be kind of cold, to be kind of distant. The only real close relationship mm-hmm. she kind of has is this uh, woman. Uh, what was that woman's name from The Shape of Water? What's her name? Oh, uh, Sally Hawkins. Yeah, Sally uh, Hawkins. Who plays uh, her royal dresser, who I think is wonderful in here. And the scenes between her and Kristen Stewart are some of the best in the film, besides um, this really uncomfortable one-on-one conversation with uh, Jack Farthing, who plays uh, Charles. Mm, yeah um yeah i think those scenes are very great the scenes with her children are very good uh harry and mm-hmm. uh, uh william are, are, are very good um you know i think they do a good job of showing those scenes though those are kind of more of the lighter kind of scenes in the in the movie with the movie that's so mm-hmm. tense yeah they are they, they are moments of much needed levity in this film yeah um i just think some of it you know it's it's like i said you know, good, great performance, you know, from her and beautiful looking movie and really capturing that look of the 90s and kind of that quality and, mm-hmm. and showing her. Um, I just don't think there's really much else of substance that much outside of kind of that key performance. Um, and it feels a lot very hollow. And um, I, it was it was kind of like, OK, it's a lot of her and mm, this is not very much strong stuff. Uh, you know, outside of that, outside of the direction of her and the look, you know, they have with her, which kind of just let me feel kind of like, okay, yeah, I, I get, you know, you're showing off her performance, but everything else just feels kind of hollow for me. Uh, what, mm-hmm. what, what are your thoughts on that? 
I think I, I I think I agree with a lot of your points. I think the cinematography in this is stunning. It does constantly give that sense of unease just being in this location. And then once, uh, well, spoilers for history, Diana finally decides to call it off with uh, Prince Charles. The camera, it just, it feels like the first moment you can breathe in the entire film. Hmm. And that's something that I think is captured really well in Kristen Stewart's performance. But like you said, I think I agree with you that a lot of this movie, I was... I, I don't want to say bored, but I was just kind of disinterested by a lot of the other factors in this film. I think uh, you have some uh, solid uh, supporting performances from guys like uh, Timothy Spall, from uh, who we all know as uh, uh, Wormtail in Harry Potter films, uh, Sean Harris, who was the bad guy in the last two Mission Possibles, and even Jack Farthing, who I think is given a big ask in playing Prince Charles, who who plays him so despicably that I wanted to kick him right in the balls with a steel-toed boot the entire time. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but besides that, everything else was just kind of, eh. I do get all of the... I do think uh, all the praise for Kristen Stewart's performance, it's all well-deserved. I will not be shocked whenever they, they announce the Academy Award nominees and her name is like rightfully um, among the list of Best Actress... But besides that, I was just was kind of was kind of unimpressed with this film. Yeah, because I think, and I, and I'm a little upset because I think this movie is going to get a lot more award season attention than something like Last Night in Soho, which I think Thomas and Mackenzie and Anya Taylor Joy they both deserve to be in that Oscar conversation as well. Well, I mean, there's how many how many nominees can you have? Five, right? I think it's like four or five. Yeah. So, I mean, Anna Taylor-Joy might get Best Supporting, or then Thomas and McKenzie might get Best, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, or unless they'll do, like, uh, what was that movie that they did? Uh, oh, it was uh, Judas and the Black oh, Messiah. Uh, yeah, Judas and the Black Messiah. <laughs> well, they had two supporting actors, like both Lakeith Stanfield and Daniel Kaluuya both supporting. And then, what, clearly, <laughs> Lakeith Stanfield was the lead, and then Daniel Kaluuya was the supporting. But okay, What are you what? talking about? Jesse Plemons was the lead in that film. Yeah, Jesse Plemons was the lead. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, the CIA, the, the FBI guy. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was yeah, that was weird. That was that was super fucking weird. But um, yeah, um, yeah. But you know, outside of her performance, I just yeah, like I said, I just kind of wasn't all that kind of interested in a lot of stuff. I think you know, like some of the stuff, some of the scenes she has with Sean Harris, Timothy Spall are very good. Um, those mm-hmm. kind of moments. But. Yeah, it, it's 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 like both of those scenes. It's like this aching urge to open up to another person but she also doesn't know who she can actually trust besides sally hawkins Mm, yeah and we don't i think i mean and it's kind of kind of up to kind of you know speculation if even she's even really there if she's even a real person Mm. i think uh which was yeah and 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 something that on the other coin of both spall and uh sean harris these are both guys that are just trying to do their job yeah. And they want to help, but they both know that there's only so much that they can do. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, she has other people, you know, in the house, other, you know, maids and royal dressers and people like that. It's like, you know what I mean? Other people are like, listen, just, 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 just do it. Okay. Just, I know you don't want to, but just put on this dress and just go down here and have this dinner. I know you hate this evil bitch. But damn, just just come on, just do it, please. Yeah. Yes, yes, we know you hate you, we know you hate this goblin that has just completely uprooted and taken over your life. 
Yeah, I mean, but just, 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 just go down there and eat the soup and just smile, and you can, you can go back to your room, and we can, we can be just fine. Like, like come on now, I'm just trying to do my job, lady. Okay, please. <laughs> um, yeah, but, um, but I thought you know that 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 sense of tension in the movie was very good. Um, mm-hmm. And overall, I, I yeah, would, I, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I've been as uncomfortable in a movie since I saw something like Uncut Gems. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it, it. The tension is there. It's. It's just like being this totally different person in this, you know, family, and that have all assimilated, and you just kind of the the main black sheep, the outsider. Um, and I thought the film did a really good job of capturing that. Um, mm-hmm. I'd give it a strong. Um, well, actually, let's try a new rating system. Um, you know, okay. I'm, I'm gonna go. It's definitely a tune in, um, and it's mm-hmm. strong. It, I think it's a good strong tune in. Um, I think so. Um, what about for you? Uh, I, I I think off of the cinematography and Stewart's performance alone, I do think it is a solid tune in. Or I guess equivalent would be like a seven to eight out of ten. I do think it's a film worth watching, but. Uh, my girlfriend she was uh she was very much bored by this and i can see how someone would be Mm. yeah yeah i could see that yeah i could i could definitely see that um all right so moving on from discussing spencer um i'm gonna get into resident evil welcome to raccoon city um so here uh we have resident evil um it is the film you know touted as kind of being more closer to the Resident Evil video games. I've played. Yeah, this is. This, yeah, this is the real Resident Evil. We're not dealing with like Alice. We're not dealing with a director's vanity project. Just showing off. Look how hot my wife is. Yeah, I mean, this is supposed to be. Hey, this is supposed to be more true to the game. Um, and I've played some of the games. I'm not a huge Resident Evil, mm-hmm. you know, guy. Um, but I have played some of the games myself. Um, have you? You've played some of the games too, right? Uh, I, I think I've played a little bit of 4, i played a little of 5, i played some of the Resident Evil 2 remake. Hmm. Yeah, that's kind of some of my experience playing some of the games. I played um, back, way back, PlayStation 1, um, you know, I played Resident Evil 3 and beat that game. Um, that was with Jill Valentine, and then I played the RE2 remake, I've played RE4, beat that. Um, I've played um, a little bit of 7, a little bit of 8 um you know and so so I've, i i have some familiarity with it but i'm not like i wouldn't say i'm a huge super fan of of the resident evil series um but i know a lot of come some of the stuff some of the main stuff from the series and here um you have a lot of the main characters right from the the, the video games you have chris, mm-hmm. chris and claire redfield you have jill valentine you have alba yeah, Fisker. which uh yeah which i uh, i think it's i think for the money i on paper i think it's a solid cast uh, you have guys like Robbie Amell as Chris Redfield, uh, Tom Hopper from uh, the Umbrella Academy as Albert Wesker, uh, Hannah John Kamen, who we all know from stuff like Black Mirror and Ant-Man and the Wasp as uh, Jill Valentine, and uh, Kaya Scudelario from uh, the Maze Runner series and from uh, this little horror movie, Crawl, which is fucking phenomenal as a, as a Jill Valentine. Oh, oh no, Claire Redfield. Claire too. Redfield. Uh, yeah, and, you know, so you have Claire Realfield coming into town, very much opens up like, you know, kind of a little bit like R2 with the truck driver eating a burger, um, that was in the RE2, um, you know, because in that he ate the burger and crashed, so it opens up with that, her hitching a ride with him, 
And then she's going back into Raccoon City to go visit her brother Chris. And then while you know she's there in Raccoon City, that's when you know this the fatal virus kind of you know starts to affect all the people in town and turn them into zombies. Um, you know while she's kind of heading into town trying to meet her brother, you have Chris Redfield um, who goes with his team. You know who along with him, Jill Valentine, Albert Wesker, and this other no name guy that you know is going to die. <laughs> like this other guy. That's like, <laughs> I mean, I Oh, dude, you know it's it's like that scene in um, Austin Powers, Michael Caine. It's like, okay, look at you, look at you. You you don't even have a name tag, so I know you don't even you, stand. You don't even have a name. You don't even have a name tag. Why why don't you just go lie down on the ground there? Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you stand no chance. So he's there with all the big name characters from the video game, and it's just some dude, and it's like, yeah, bro, you, you I'm sorry, um, you ain't making it. He, he might as well have said, "Look, guys, I got like two weeks until retirement, so let's just get this shit done." I, I mean, pretty much. Um, so you know, they you know they lead a team to go to the Spencer Mansion, um, and as uh, Dante from the chat he pointed out. Yes, they combined the, the, the plot lines from the RE1 and RE2 together, and I'll explain later why that's such a big problem in this, um, with this movie. So, a large problem with this movie is that, you know, first of all, I'll get into the effects of it. Uh, the look of this movie looks like something that should be on Netflix. Um, that's why when I first saw it, I was like, yeah, this is like something that should be released on Netflix and not on the big screen. Because on the big screen, this is only a $40 million budget Definitely not enough money to do what you want to do, special effects wise. They try to bring in a lot of creatures from the game, the zombie dog, and uh, you know other kind of big boss creatures there, and it looks bad. It looks really, really bad. I mean, it looks like something like from, um, you know, like from a Neil Breen movie or something like that. Like it Ugh. looks really, 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 really bad. Yeah, the the effects I see in the trailer, they look like something that you'd see on the CW. They look. I'd say they look better than the effects on the new season of The Flash, but that yeah. ain't saying much. Yeah, I mean it, it looks it looks really bad, um, and I think that you know it, it's also the story they're trying to do cramming both trying to do the RE one and RE two, and this movie's only an hour and forty seven minutes, so a lot of it feels rushed, convoluted, slapped together. It feels like two movies that get that got jammed into one that got taped together. Um, I think that instead of like, you know how you'll have, your, in a movie you'll have an A storyline, you'll have a B storyline. This, it just feels mm -hmm. like the, it's just two movies that got taped together and, and, and then they just jammed a bunch of stuff and it's like, oh, we need this from the video game or we need this from the video game. Stuff that you could have cut out because inconvenience for when you're doing a movie that, you know, you get that audiences may not get this or, you know, they, so you just kind of leave it out. Like there's a character that Claire meets in her childhood, you see at the beginning, like an orphanage. Um, and I think that would be lost on a lot of people. Like it was kind of lost on me until I had somebody explain it to me of like what this character is supposed to do and the purpose of this character. It's, oh yeah, that's from the video game. And the character kind of follows you around and everything like that. I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't, I had no idea what was going on with that character in it. Um, and then when it comes to the characters themselves, a lot of them feel very flat, very boring. Um, you know, I don't think walking away from this, you would go like, oh, you know, these are such great characters, you know, um, Chris Redfield, Claire Redfield, Jill Valentine. These are, you know, big characters from the video game. And I think watching this, you wouldn't get the sense that these are, you know, great characters that you would want to see and, and follow. Um, and especially, I think the most egregious thing they do is now, again, like I said, I'm not a huge person with the video games. I couldn't tell you all the lore. Um, and I couldn't tell you all the, you know, if these actors really do a great characterization when it comes to the performances 
they do of the characters from the video game. But I can tell you the most egregious thing is with Leon Kennedy. Um, mm. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that one is is the most egregious one because they just make him a fucking idiot. I mean, they make him just straight up just terrible because, you know, I get because his whole thing is he's the rookie cop coming in to Raccoon City. And, you know, I get the OK, the whole thing, him being a rookie. OK, you may be kind of. You know, wet behind the ears, but they just make him just, a, just yeah, yeah, stupid. Yeah, there, there, yeah. There's a difference between like rookie cop that you see, I, I'm guessing in this, and then in some of the animated Resident Evil movies where he's basically John Wick. Yeah, um, and I because like this one scene in here where Claire Redfield, uh, she she saves somebody with a fire hydrant, and he runs up and is like, "Put down the gun." I'm like, "Is this dude so stupid that he doesn't know the difference between when somebody's holding a fire hydrant and then when somebody's holding?" I mean, a gun? Like, I mean, what? I've I've been in the military. I've done like a little bit of security training, and that actually sounds kind of realistic. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, uh, maybe because I mean, you have cops saying like, "I saw cell phone gun," and they fire and they shoot a dude twenty times. I mean, you do have stories like that. So, I mean, maybe maybe people just are that stupid. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, shit, Acab, I guess. Yeah. Um. So yeah, a lot of the stuff they do with him is is just kind of really terrible, and he's just completely weak and ineffectual. And the whole reason why he's you know in Raccoon City. Um, I mean, like, you know, they tease him about going there because he messed up in training and he accidentally shot somebody. Um, you know, it's like, okay. So you give him a gun and you make him a cop? What the fuck? Well, they say that his dad was high on the police force and he saved him and bailed him out. And that's why, you know, he's there. Um, kind of, he was able to save him and everything like that. But it's just like, yeah, I mean, if if they, I mean, if they, you actually did that, then yeah, I mean, you kind of deserve to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't even deserve uh, okay. to. Okay. Uh, Okay, I'm just going to save my questions and actually see the thing. But it's it's a shame to hear because I think I think uh, Avon Joja, I don't think the guy is untalented. I really like him and stuff like uh, Zombieland 2, his little small role there. I, and I think he's really good in that. In that. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, he. I think he, maybe he could have been good. Um, you know, I, I mean, there's a conversation he has with Claire Redfield. He's like, yeah, yeah, I mean, you're probably wondering why I'm a cop. You know, I was kind of just thinking in my head, like, oh, yeah, you know, you went to went to high school, did some, you know, acting classes, singing, you know, with Ariana Grande. You know, you're supposed to be a college, you're supposed to go to college, you know, maybe major there, be an actor, but things didn't work out. You know what I mean? Then you just went to the police force. You know, that's kind of my own head cannon. Is this, is this, you know, <laughs> since he was in Victorious, you know what I mean? With Victoria Justice. I remember him back in his. <laughs> oh, I forgot he was in that. Yeah, I remember him back in his. What did that show come on? Nickelodeon days. Yeah, when he was there with Ariana Grande. Um, but yeah, and then a lot of the dialogue is, is awful, is, is really terrible. Uh, they try to fit in, you know, some of the dialogue from the video games, like, oh, she was a Jill sandwich. They fit that in there. Uh, they do all that kind of different stuff in there. Um, and, and a lot of that is just really terrible. Um, and yeah, I mean, nobody has really good character, you know, development, good, you know, characterization in here at all, uh, which is very poor. Um, I mean, it's tough to say like anything I really liked about it. Honestly, I think the only scene I liked was there's a scene where they're in the Spencer Mansion, and Chris Warfield's getting attacked by a bunch of zombies, uh, and. Like, there's a scene where, like, it's completely in darkness, and the flash from the gun is where you see the zombies. So he's shooting the zombies, and the zombies are coming, and you can only see it because it's the flash from the gun. And there's a scene where he's got, like, a lighter, and then all the zombie 
like the zombies are coming at him and he's like flicks the lighter and then it goes off then the zombie disappears like you see in the, in the dark and then the, the flicks the lighter back mm. on and it gets closer and closer i thought that was pretty cool i thought the way that scene was shot was actually pretty well done and, and pretty cool but other than that i think everything else was was pretty just pretty terrible um donald logue um i actually just was i like that donald logue can really make anything good because he's donald logue and he plays bad dirty yeah. cop well uh, yeah, Don Donald Logue is one of those guys who elevates everything is he's in. He's one of the best parts about Gotham as a as a Harvey Bullock. Oh yeah, definitely. He's he makes an awesome Harvey Bullock. I mean, he was one of the main reasons I stuck watching this show for as long as I did. Yeah, um, he's he manages to bring something to stuff like Blade. Oh yeah, very good in Blade. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I mean, he's good here. I mean, he plays the chief of uh, the Raccoon City Police. Um, <laughs> I just wait. Yeah, let's go, zombies. We gonna jack you up, make her bad. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a lot of fun, and you know what I mean. So Don Logan, I mean, he kind of makes it work. Um, but yeah, I mean, this was oof, this was this was a rough one, and it, it for a movie like I said, it's only an hour and forty seven minutes. It feels way longer than what it is um even though it's an hour and 47 and yeah um and it's almost like yeah maybe i i, I kind of maybe miss ws anderson coming in with his wife and doing it with alice because mm. i i Oof. say because oh. i think i think those ah, movies damn were, i think those movies were at least they were kind of fun i mean like it looked some crazy shit and there was some crazy action scenes and, you know, her flipping up walls and, you know, she had like superpowers and all this other shit. I was like, at least, okay, some crazy shit like that. I'm like, well, okay, well, at least that was kind of somewhat kind of somewhat as dumb as hell, but it was at least kind of exciting to watch, you know. Okay, one, one in three I'll give you. Uh, I'll give you one in three. Those were actually kind of fun, but Underworld did it so much better. Mm, the only underworld movie i ever liked was rise of lichens that's the only one i ever liked give awakening a second chance that movie's awesome okay maybe i'll give that another chance but uh yeah i mean you know i, I could i i mean this is when i was bored i can never say i was quite bored with the ws anderson movies even though they were hmm. shitty i was i don't think i would say i was bored by them this one i was just kind of hmm. bored and, and 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 i just thought it was overall terrible um so yeah i would uh uh, I'd say tune out for this one. Um, you know, I, I think that yeah, you just be better off just still playing the video games and yeah, I mean, and 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 just kind of just doing that instead of just watching this, which is a mismatch of the first and second game. Um, if you had forty million dollar budget, should have just made it smaller because the zombies themselves, the design and look at the zombies, they actually look good. I think they look pretty good, and the way they kind of do those zombies look pretty well. Focus on a smaller story. With some of the characters, um, especially they let you know these are the characters from the video game because they take time. Like, hey, Jill Valentine. Hey, Leon S. Kennedy. Hey, Chris and Claire Redfield. I mean, they take their time to let you know. Hey, we got these characters in the game. You know, you you. This is what you people wanted, right? You wanted these guys, right? Okay, here you go. You know, they they take time to let you know, like, hey, we got them these characters from the video game in the movie just to let you know it's like okay all right thanks Ooh. um yeah so that, that was kind of my thoughts there on resident evil welcome to raccoon city um uh, all right uh dante said uh the jill sandwich line almost made him walk out of the theater <laughs> yeah uh, that was yeah that was yeah that was a rough one i mean the thing is you could have made that work 
because that's a corny line from the video game that, that said um, if you had somebody that knew how to write it well, maybe you could have made it work as, you know, as a funny kind of thing. Um, yeah, so, but it didn't work there, world there. Um, all right, so moving on from discussing that, going to discuss Masters of the Universe, uh, part two. Um, Ma- Masters of the Universe Revelations, part two. Yeah. Pick it up, off. Taking up off of the heels of the the unfairly maligned Master of the Universe revelations, because of course, uh, you know the neckbeards they're going to complain about any like children's cartoon that a toy commercial that focuses on any of the female characters. Mm, yeah, um, you know. So here you have you know Skeletor who's gained you know power. He's basically he's taken over. You know he's yes. Mark Hamill Skeletor gets the power. Mm, he finally gets the power, you know, of the universe all in his hands, you know, and but, you know, you have Prince Adam, um, you have Tila, um, and who is the other character? I forgot the other character's name. What was her name? Oh, uh, it's uh, uh, Prince Adam, Tila, this other girl that's running around with Tila. I don't I don't remember her name either. <laughs> but uh, thank you, Don Dante, for uh, the 200 bits. Oh yeah, thank you, man, for two hundred bits. Uh, hey, uh, thanks for joining. Um, yeah, man, thank thanks for joining a lot. Thanks for coming. Um, yeah, and so, but you know, standing in their way are Prince Adam and Tila and the other girl. I can't remember her name right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, just, just think, uh, just the black girl that's here. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm I'm sorry. I, I I'm sorry. I'm gonna. I'm gonna uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sorry too. I. I just don't remember your character at all in part two. Yeah. Um, also, there's also Battle Cat. I can't forget Battle Cat. They're there. That's there as well. Oh, Cringer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cringer's here. Uh, Man at Arms, who I think is voiced wonderfully by Liam Cunningham, aka uh, uh, the Onion Knight from Game of Thrones. Mm, yeah. Um, and great casting all around the show. Like we talked about it before. We talked about it with yeah. you know, Evil yes. Land being voiced by Lena Headey uh and you know from also from game of thrones uh mark hamill i think does yeah. better here uh with skeletor than he did in the first part oh yes yeah that uh a lot of the criticism i had with part one like uh the sidelining of skeletor and uh and uh adam's uh he-man they they give them a lot more to do in this part too especially skeletor who i think is wonderful mm. and it's more it's more of the lampshading of kind of how dumb the original uh, cartoon was, and just letting letting us know right back in, even even in the original cartoon, Skeletor wasn't shit. Mm. Well, it's, it's and just the- he's kind of the last person to realize it. Mm. Yeah, um, and this you know being the part two. You know, it is, you know, this is what part one is for to lead up to this big part two. And then part two, I think, is mostly it's a lot of action. It's a lot of, you know, mm. battles. There's a lot of great fights. Um, you know, the episode, it kind of, you know, even, you know, opens yeah, up. The, oh, yeah. Yeah, the pacing in this is a lot better. I think the action looks incredible, which is uh, no shock considering this is the same animation studio that did Castlevania. Mm, yeah. And they, you know, I mean, of course, it can't get as bloody as Castlevania uh, did. Uh, but it, you know, it definitely, you know, there's some still really, really good action, really good fight scenes. Um, you know, there's a moment with Chris Adam, like he just harnesses all the power there, you know, without the sword. And, you know, basically, you know, his whole thing is kind of like Thor with the hammer where, you know, the hammer is kind of just a conduit 
for the power and uh-huh. not really all there. Yeah, and, and all of the unchecked power basically turns him into the Hulk. Yeah, you know what I mean? Well, he can, like, instant transmission, you know what I mean? Quick, just basically punch, then dash, and then he's so fast, and just without the blink of an eye, just hit somebody, <laughs> then boom, dash, and hit somebody again. Um, it's like, wow, you know, I mean, that was that was pretty great, where he just beating the hell out of Skeletor, and Skeletor was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, hold on, wait a minute, what? <laughs> and he's like, what? What? What is this? <laughs> he's Evil like, and help! And he's like, get the hell off of me! Get this dude off of me! <laughs> Get this motherfucker off of me! Yeah, I, I thought that I thought that was really great. Um, and then you know, can I say expanding more upon you know Evil Lynn? Um, I've never seen the '80s show. I've never seen the reboot they mm-hmm. did like in the mid uh, uh, like 2005 and things like that. Um, so I don't know if they did much of that in those shows. But here they give you know kind of more of Evil Lynn. You know, it's like hey, she's this powerful sorceress as well. And, you know, they talked about it. It's like, yeah, we all know. I mean, Skeletor, you know, he treats you like shit. I mean, I don't know why you follow the dude. You yeah. Know? It, and, like, every character, it's just like, you realize you can fuck him up, right? Yeah. I mean, you're smarter than him. You're stronger than him. It's like, I don't know why you're listening to this this dude with no lips talking to you this way. I, I, I <laughs> We don't get it. Um, and, you know, so I think, you know, that's some really kind of good stuff. You show, you know, that you see some of her background and her history. Uh, which was uh, which I thought was pretty good um, because I think she's again voiced wonderfully by Lena Headey. I think she's really really voiced mm-hmm. wonderfully there. Um, and you know I think you know that show. I think this part two has made me kind of a He Man fan. I was like, wow. I mean, if this is yeah, like- yeah. I'm I'm curious to um, you know if the mood ever strikes me. I'm curious to revisit uh, part one or even uh, the original series or even that two uh, thousands reboot. Mm. that i hear amazing things about yeah uh me too i was like yeah because yeah this definitely kind of made me more of a fan mm. of the series the battles um you know i think were very impressive um you know uh the stuff with uh, uh tila's character the way she kind of develops if you you know watching our old way from part two now to this one i mean part one now to part two and see what yeah you- yeah part yeah part part one was basically tila's story mm. yeah um, and you get your plenty fill of, of He-Man here in this part too, because of course it was there's two parts. So, I mean, the thing like it was, I mean, I don't know the why it was because of course it was just lead up to what they were going to do in part two. So yeah, mm-hmm. of course they're not going to keep He-Man out of the whole show, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, uh, and everything. Yeah, we we've kind of gone to I I think a lot of praise, but uh, what were some of your criticisms of it? Because I think the I think the writing in this it's not great. With some of the dialogue, some of the dialogue is very corny, uh, which is, I think, a constant thing in a lot of Kevin Smith's writing. Well, I think that it's Saturday morning cartoon. Um, I mean, you know, it's, yeah, it, it it's Saturday morning cartoon writing, but you're also with certain characters, you're dealing with a lot of heavier themes. So, are you taking it seriously, or is this all? Is, is this all just fun and games and cartoons for you? Mm, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's some, a lot more kind of heavier themes here going on and trying to expand upon more things, you know. Yeah, with, with especially show. with the background of Evil Lynn. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, still, though, I mean, still, you had that element of trying to keep that if, of being a, you know, punch em up 80s cartoon show there. That at, at this core thing, what it is, and yeah, there's some kind of bad, you know, cringy stuff kind of there, like the characters of um, a Fisto and 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 Clap uh, Clamp Jack or whatever. What was the other dude? Uh, <laughs> it was like uh, his name doesn't even matter. He's killed him. 
Yeah. But even having dialogue like, Ugh, I can't wait to fist Skeletor. It was like, yeah. Do, yeah. do, do you like think about these things before they come out of your mouth or you just like I, I don't know if that was Kevin Smith commentating on I mean I don't know I don't read too deep into it but I mean a lot of this stuff <sighs> with this I mean and I think and I think that was uh, Jason Mews sing Fisto oh, I, I think that was a I, I think that was a Jay as that character yeah, and that's Kevin Smith. A lot of, I mean, Kevin Smith's going to have some, you know, if you've seen his stuff before, he's going to talk about dicks a lot. He's going to talk about, you know, he's going to make a lot of sex jokes and things like that. That's a lot, in a lot of his work um, there. And, you know, and also, like, I don't know if it was also kind of commentating on a lot of these these kind of shows, like, from the 80s, you know, especially these very homoerotic kind of things, because, like, stuff like with He-Man, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, well, this is supposed to be for boys, and then the other stuff is supposed to be for girls. It's like, well, you have mother, a... Motherfucker, this man is in, like, a halter top and page boy haircut and is greased up more than the fucking, like, BP oil rig. Yeah, I mean, it's like, okay, you should, I mean, it's like, yeah, I'm, my son is, is manly, he plays with a, he plays with another man called He-Man, who's, who's all muscly, and he's wearing a grass skirt and all this, I'm like, um, <laughs> okay, I mean, um, sure, I guess. Okay, say, say that again, but slower. Yeah, I'm like, okay, sure, uh, but, uh, yeah, it was kind of like, yeah, I think, you know, I don't know if he was kind of talking about the, like, the kind of the homoerotic nature, the kind of things that kind of go on sometimes, and people don't even know it in a lot of these cartoons, um, and also it's like with Skeletor, Skeletor deep down, he just, he loves He-Man. He wants to fuck He-Man deep down inside. It, it, Skeletor is basically the Joker in that his entire purpose is he just wants to fuck He-Man. I mean, Batman, I mean, He-Man. Yeah. I mean, cause it's like, you know, he's got all the power in the universe and he's still thinking about, and he's still, and he still has a giant hate boner for fucking He-Man. He's still thinking about fucking He-Man about the ways to beat He-Man. He's like, Bro, you got all the power in the universe, and you still thinking about fucking E-Man, bro? Like Jesus Christ, just just marry the dude already. I mean, I mean, he's, he's obsessed with the dude. And then there's even a point where him and He-Man are squaring off, and he's like, "This isn't about us, dude. Like this is about something else." And he just, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. You know what I mean? And I just I thought that I thought that was great. I thought that was very funny. I think a lot of that stuff in the in the show was, was really good. Um and I'm I'm really high on it, man. I thought this part two was better than part one. I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed a lot of the mm-hmm. stuff. Uh there. I get what you're saying about the dialogue. Yeah, it can be kind of uh, a bad at times stuff. But I mean, yeah, I mean it's kinda of like that Saturday morning kind of thing that you do, you watch. Um yeah, even if the dialogue is bad, it's it's no worse than than like any like cringy dialogue that was in one of these 80s cartoons yeah yeah very much so so i would give it a uh strong tune in uh myself there uh same same i i was shocked how much i enjoyed this uh this part too uh considering i kind of had mixed feelings about the first part of this show hmm yeah very much so um all right um so uh that is it for the reviews uh i was thinking about doing the black uh, i mean the beatles uh documentary uh there but um i'm probably gonna do that probably sometime later those documentary those parts of those Mm -hmm. documentary that's a long documentary i mean it's like each each part is like two hours and 30 minutes something i'm like damn Um, fuck that yeah 
Um, so, do you did you want to do a uh, Spider Man tier list real quick? Uh, people online are doing the whole movies of the uh, Spider Man. Uh, uh, maybe next show. Next show. Maybe okay. next show. Uh, yeah, my girl's texting me. It was like, "Hey, when are you going to be done with this?" And okay. it's about time to go. But a uh, quick rest in peace to Stephen Sondheim. Uh, he passed away uh, just a couple days ago. Ninety one years old. Broadway legend. Uh, stuff like uh, uh, West Side Story, Into the Woods. Uh, without him, we wouldn't have guys like uh, Jonathan Larson, Lin Manuel Miranda. They would not exist without him. Ah, okay, nice, nice, nice. Uh, all right, so uh, let's get out of here, people. Nick, where can people find you? All right, you can find me Twitter, Instagram at Night and Day Nick. Uh, Josh, where can they find the show? All right, so um, you can find us on all the social medias: uh, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all the afternoon tune. Um, you can also send us an email at theafternoon at gmail.com. Um, hey, if you want to check us out, uh, we are also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. We are wherever you listen to podcasts. We are there. Um, if you're on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to leave a five-star review. Um, that helps boost up the podcast a lot. Of course, we're on YouTube at youtube.com, The Afternoon Tune. And we're also streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv, Afternoon Tune. You can find us there. And, hey, to all you wonderful, great people out there, don't forget to always stay, stay tuned. tuned.